it has to be part of your thing. And then, you know, you, you do it like this, and then you break the mold. And so I was just making the best story I could with what I had. Maybe learning to make a narrative podcast could help in marriage communication as well. Welcome to the Creative Studio. This is the podcast where we conduct experiments with podcasting. In this fourth season, we are exploring narrative podcasting. Biographic. An engaging story. Plus emotion or moments of reflection. And it's not all just documentaries because we get sucked into the story. But in a narrative podcast, you explore the answer and you find it by weaving through a set of occurrences. It's a change of direction. Add in extra information or background or thought process to what was already recorded. If you fail the plan, you are planning to fail. This is a quote from Benjamin Franklin. It applies to many areas of life, and it also applies to creating a narrative podcast. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I'm hoping to guide you through this journey into narrative podcasting. So we've learned what a narrative is and whether you should even try this. We've also climbed the mountain to get the 30,000 foot view of the narrative process. Today, we'll be looking at creating a plan and it's best to start with the end so that you know where you're going. I asked Brian Orr about this. You'll waste more time, but you can still create a good podcast even if you don't know where you're going. So there are some that I didn't know where I was going. Like um, Aisha Tyler's episode of Podcast Movement Sessions. I, I wasn't in that session with her, so I listened to it a couple times. And it took me a little bit to kind of get the theme of what I wanted to leave in and how I wanted to accent it. But then in the end, it came out pretty good. So, you know, it, it depends. It's okay to work on the tape and kind of figure it out as you go because I, I knew what I had to work with. And so I was just making the best story I could with what I had. Um, so you can do it either way, but it, it's better if you have a, a, a general, you know, outline of where you're wanting to end up and how you're wanting it to sound before you start. As we speak to the others, we'll see this thought of having a plan and knowing where you're going. It really does help a lot when piecing together the story arc. Brian Orr says that there are basically two types of stories. Some are content-centric, meaning I look at the content and then I make the best story out of it I can. And that's what a lot of narrative podcasts are. You take a topic or the content that you already know you're wanting to talk about and then you just find the best story. That's a little easier than starting from scratch, say if you're going to do a fiction podcast, for example, where you're writing it all from scratch, like Welcome to Night Vale or something. That's very writing intensive. So you have to basically write out a really good audio story to start with. Uh, or Nate DeMeo's podcast, The Memory Palace. That's one of my favorites, but it's totally centered around really good writing. What I would say to most people, though, is first distill one idea. So even if it's content-centric, figure out what the one idea is that everything you're doing surround is surrounded around, and then spend a lot of time thinking about how you want the podcast to sound, which sounds so cheesy. Like I, I, um, my, my story coach, uh, Jeff Emptman, taught me that. The idea of just thinking it through beforehand, how you want it to sound. Do you want it to be... Uh, intense? Do you want it to be mysterious? Do you want it to be funny? You know, how do you want that to feel? How do you want it to sound, generally speaking? And so once you have the one idea, you have generally um, how you want it to sound, then start to lay it out on a timeline and take what what content you have or what's, what general topic you have and start to lay out, okay, what are some pieces I can fit in? And then you'll quickly start to see where you have gaps that maybe need some 
uh, maybe some some effective narration or some writing, or maybe they need some sound clips to augment it. And uh, I found that to be really helpful. So when you start off with a timeline, you have kind of a loose timeline. So where, where you know generally the points that you want to hit. But there's, you know, you may have six points on the timeline. But then as you log the tape, you find the specific things that you want. And so then you fill in that timeline with the specifics. And then that's when you know where to drop these different clips in different places. You know, in general, I'm, I'm trying to keep most of my episodes, you know, below 40 minutes. Um, statistically, if you go over 40 minutes, unless you're one of the world's best narrative podcasters, you're going to lose a lot of people. And if I can, I try to keep it to 20 minutes. That's, that's kind of my goal. So only if I have really good content do I let it go beyond 20. Um, and so I'm essentially taking my timeline and I'm, and I'm creating it very loose and then I'm just tightening it down as I go and adding in more detail until I get to a really tight story. But that's, again, that's my way because I'm doing – because I have my subject first in most cases. But if I was starting where I was doing a heavily written podcast like The Memory Palace or Welcome to Night Vale, I would have to do all of my writing and timelining beforehand and then I would do my recording. So it really just depends on the type of podcast you're doing and, and they're both narrative. Corey Coates and Jessica Rhodes created what Brian is calling a content-centric podcast series with the first season of the podcast producers, which they are now in the middle of the second season. I think it always starts with a story arc, and it's from beginning to end, what is the story that you want to tell, and then deciding how I'm going to sub that, subdivide that into, into kind of chapters, if you will. So when we approached ours... We knew we wanted to do 10 episodes because it was a time constraint. Uh, we, we could easily have done, you know, 20 or 30 episodes, but we just didn't want to spend the rest of the year working on it. We wanted it to be a short project. So we started by saying 10 and created the artificial constraint there to try and squeeze the story into. And then from beginning to end, we really just brainstormed a ton of topics and threw them all at the wall to see which of these topics sticks Um, brainstorming who we might be able to talk to on some of those subjects and then taking the ones that looked like they could really be produced into a show and organizing them in order. What's the logical way that one thing goes to the next? Um, So it sounds like it might have been more contrived, you know, like we wrote the last chapter of the book first and then wrote everything leading up to it. But in this case, the spirit of it was more, what are some of the biggest questions that we have and we hear out there in the community and who are some of the people that might be able to provide the answers And then how can you link one answer to the next or one question to the next answer in a way that takes someone through the journey, but most importantly, leaves them where we want them to be. And that's kind of wanting more. When you get to the end of it, there's conclusions and there's ideas, but nothing's really conclusive. I love the idea of breaking the ideas down in the chapters. I see this in a couple ways. First of all, when creating a series, each episode can be viewed as a chapter of the entire story. Secondly, if you're looking at a single episode, there'll be several sections, or you could say chapters, within that episode. So try to logically lay things out so that similar things are grouped together and flow from one part to the next. In episode 7 and 8 of this series, we'll dive into more ideas of being able to do this while still enticing the listener to keep listening and how to flow from one to the next. I mean, you need to know and have a good understanding of who your audience is and who your target listener is. We probably should have started here. Who is your listener and who are you targeting? 
Jessica Rhodes continues the thought. And also what the story arc is. I mean, the difference between uh, a regular, um, you know, a normal weekly podcast or a podcast with, um, you know, just episodes and a narrative show is there is a story arc. There's a beginning, there's a middle and an end. And so when Corey and I went through season one and we were having those brainstorm calls thinking about, okay, we're talking to podcasters. Um, What are the questions that podcasters have? What do podcasters talk a lot about? And so we kind of just brain dumped all the different topics that we we had in mind. And then on a Google spreadsheet, we kind of moved them around in a different order and thought strategically about, okay, we're going to start talking about the listeners first, who's even listening to podcasts. And then we're going to go into, um, you know, the podcasting community. So we thought about what the right order would be and um, and how that story would be told. We could totally change the order and have it be a completely different story. Everything scripted right down to the, you know, the very last piece. I, I would write it out just like I would a screenplay. Doc Kennedy works in the filmmaking industry as well as in the world of podcasting. I would set it up like I would any any film that I'm working on or any video that I'm working on, which requires a screenplay. So I'm making the blueprints. You know, we're building this house. We got to make sure we have that firm foundation and that we're building around that. It's time consuming. You can just write it as a screenplay, you know, and there's free software out there that uh, is available like uh, Celtics. Uh, you can go to Celtics.com and check that out, but just write it out like you would uh, any screenplay. And I know that's going to be new for most of you listening too. So what that does is it allows you to break things down into individual characters. So who's speaking what, when, what's the setup, what needs to be said at which point. And that gives you the exact blueprints you need for each episode. And I would highly recommend having a second person, third person read that before you record. Make sure that that thing is just ironclad and that it is something that people want to hear. You know, that it's a story that needs to be told. Then you can start piecing together ideas for the other pieces. You know, who's going to play what? I mean, you need to have it hammered down to the point that you feel like you could sell it actually physically sell it and have someone else do it that's that's when you know that you have something good that'll be your first milestone get that written out second is casting uh and if it is just yourself then so be it but you know whatever how many characters you have try to get different people to do these voices one aspect of the podcast that needs to be thought about is the voices We'll get into actually picking and finding the right people in the next episode. But during the planning stage, you need to really consider how multiple voices can create a third dimension for the audio. If I could, I would definitely have multiple people. I want to feel those characters, you know. I want to uh, experience them that way. When you have a guy doing a woman's voice, it's hard for me to, to really see that. You know, I think there's people out there that are willing, you know, other podcasters willing to lend their voices to help you tell this story. And all you have to do is ask, you know, some people um, might be looking to, to get a little kickback and, you know, is that worth it? Maybe, you know, you got to look at all these different things that are going to come into making your story work.
Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting also agrees that writing things down to help jog the inspirational juices and to organize your thoughts. For me, I, I wrote it down. I actually did a, uh, a parody once where I invented some fake wacky morning DJs called uh, Binky and the Wiz. Now, before I introduce you to the crazy crew, let me remind you, it is 12 past the hour or 48 minutes to the top of the hour. We will be taking your calls. And if you know the phrase that pays on this two for Tuesday, you get a chance to spin the big wheel. Now, uh, to everybody, of course, if you're new to us, I am the Binkster. I am Binky. And I, 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 and, and, and I, I'm the Wiz. And to my left is Stud. Dude, and joining me always is my favorite lady, Miss Fatima. Binky, you so crazy. And Baywack back there, yeah, in the corner is the one, the only reason. Reason, how are you? I'm fine. And there was this whole skit where Binky would say something, the Wiz would say something, and he had these trusty sidekicks and things like that. All of them played by me, which made it even more fun. And so I had to figure out who was saying what and when. And so I actually wrote out the entire little skit. So I would go through and, and record Binky's part, and then I would record. So every single sentence that that person said was a different file. It was amazing when I put it all together. It was, But I, I wrote it out. I've done a couple other ones where I, I write out just so you can kind of uh, – I think anytime you write something out, there's something creatively about putting – pen to paper and seeing it in front of you. I think that somehow stimulates you a little more, at least it does for me, that I've had other ideas show up after I've actually started to write it out. If you're going to do a narrative podcast, you can't just wing the story. A lot of people try to tell a story and they may have a great story to tell, but if you wing it, it's not going to come across the way that you hope it will. It'll always come across as a little, uh, a little flippant with narrative podcasting specifically craft it hone it make sure to sharpen it before you actually release it to the public because if you don't you're going to regret it because you're going to tell these great stories but only in a mediocre way if you're going to take the time to build an engaging narrative make sure that you take the time to craft the story in a way that People will just be blown away by the art of surprise, the personal transformation, and the dramatic tension that you've created. This is Roy Taylor. He really does a great job at being able to craft stories in audio. So once you take that step, there's a few things that I would recommend. It's actually getting out just a blank piece of paper. And what you do is you tell part of the story and then tell the highlights of that story and also the negative things of that story. And you actually rate it. For example, so we've got a storyline, okay? You just draw a line right in the middle of a piece of paper. And the first thing that you want to do is tell the greatest thing that happened in that story and what it ranks from a level of 1 to 10, okay? So let's just take, um, oh, it doesn't matter what story it is, but let's take uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, okay? So one of the highlights of that story is that she finally finds the porridge, right? So that would be definitely a number 10 on that list of positive things that happened during that story. But also there's some negative things that happen in that story. A huge negative is that the bears actually find her and chase her out of the house. So that would be a negative 10. And then we go backwards through that entire story and give it a positive or a negative. 
negative depending on that. Now, once you have that visual timeline of all the positive and negative things that have happened, like, for example, when Goldilocks just first walks into the door, yes, that's important to explain, but that's not the climax of your story. That's just the beginning of your story. So that's maybe a three or a four. Oh, I found a house and here it is. And so once you've got that visual timeline, then you can actually see the theme that's playing throughout. And what's the theme of Goldilocks and the Three Bears? The theme is that she really wanted some some porridge. And so she was willing to do anything that it took to get that. And so you've got that theme and then you play with that theme throughout. So you weave the story and take out the pieces of the story that really don't match or don't fit. So a lot of people, what happens is when they tell a narrative or they tell a story, they give so many details, kind of like how I explained that on the timeline, but they give so many details to the story that it gets bogged down and people lose the whole thing. That this is about porridge. This is about a girl achieving her goal of getting porridge no matter what the cost, even if it's breaking an in-ring and deciding that she's going to steal from three bears. It's hard to describe this in a, it's funny because we're in an audible format right now, but if you saw it on a piece of paper, the pluses and the minuses, you're going to see very quickly where your story climaxes. You're going to see very quickly which pieces to next, because if it's just a plus one or two instead of a plus 10, those are the things you start nixing. They're not important details to the story, and you can just leave them out and make the uh, story distilled and better, in my opinion. So I think your first step, if you're creating a narrative podcast, is to decide the story that you want to tell. Figure out what the conclusion is and then work your way backward to figure out exactly how much information you need to include in the story to properly reach your conclusion. Once you've determined that, then you can now figure out who you need to interview in order to properly tell the story. Then you can go out and set up those interviews. Ask them the questions that will help you tell your story, and then you can piece it all together. But until you know the story that you want to tell, you can't begin creating the podcast. This is Eric K. Johnson from PodcastTellingCoach.com. He has a lot of great resources on his website, so definitely take a little time to go check that out at PodcastTellingCoach.com. The most difficult part of storytelling is creating that intriguing introduction that really hooks your audience and tells them exactly where we're going. You know, there are so many stories that I hear in podcasts where people wander into the story and you sit there the entire time you're listening, wondering, what is the point? Like, where are we going with this story? I don't, what am I trying to figure out? And you spend more time figuring out where we're going rather than enjoying the details of the story. And when you can nail down the intriguing introduction and tell people exactly where we're going in the story, they have more time to enjoy your vivid details and enjoy the story because they're spending less time trying to figure out where we're going. It would be similar to you and I getting in a car and I just start to drive and you have no idea where we're going. You're going to spend more time trying to figure out where we're going than enjoying the drive. If I say, hey, let's get in the car. We're going on a road trip. You and I are going to Disneyland. Now we know we're going to Disneyland. You and I can spend the hours it takes to drive there enjoying the the journey. We can enjoy the, the trip now. We can enjoy all the sights we see. We can talk about what's going to happen once we get there. 
the the anticipation and the excitement builds up. That's what happens with a great story. You've got to decide, are you going to tell your story or are you going to be telling another person's story? Learning to focus the story on one main person is an effective way to bring perspective. It also gives you a boundary and direction for how to be able to tell the story. Once you get that, you've got to figure out what is going to be your real goal with this thing. Are you going to be the hero or are you going to be the guide? Because most people and most podcasters think that they're the hero of the story, even if they're not the one being interviewed. So once you figure out if you're going to be the hero of the story or you're just a guide helping somebody tell their story better, then you can take the next step. Most of what we've talked about looks at telling stories that have either already happened or that we create ourselves. But what about approaching something that is either currently happening or is even still in the future? Daniel J. Lewis brings his perspective on this. Let's take an example here of I'm wanting to build a new podcast studio. Uh, eventually when we move into our next house and I can build some space onto that house. And that could be a fun time for me to give some kind of narrative podcast story to it. And what I would recommend is if there's anything at all you can plan in particular to know, okay, this thing is coming up and it would be great to record that. So I need to make sure I have a recorder or video camera, whatever it is that you're using. It could be as simple as your iOS device or Android device, but make sure that you have a recorder during that time and really have a recorder with you at all times because conversations could come up that are relevant to that thing you're telling the story about. Or there could be uh, phone calls. There could be moments where you just want to speak your mind. And that's a practice that you kind of have to get into is verbalizing as much as possible. Even if it means, in a sense, pretending that you're on a, quote, reality, unquote, TV show, that you have those moments where you kind of step away from the action and then you start talking to the camera or, in your case, maybe the microphone. Be prepared for those moments so that no moment comes up where you think, oh, I've got this brilliant idea or this thing is about to happen. Boy, I wish I had my recorder with me. Be prepared for those things. And I think that as you start producing this, you'll find you'll be recording a lot of random stuff. And uh, don't be afraid to cut stuff out and realize that, oh, this is funny conversation, but is it relevant? Does it add to the story? Maybe, maybe not. Don't be afraid to toss good stuff out if it just doesn't fit with the story that you're doing. But be prepared with a way to record and start thinking of, I need to share what's on my mind. I need to get this out. I, hey, you know what? Side note here. Maybe learning to make a narrative podcast could help in marriage communication as well. <laughs> Because how often is it our our wives might say something like, oh, he never talks. He never says what's on his mind. And I know it's stereotypical, but guys often aren't that type to say what's on our mind. Most, For the most part, that's, I know, a sweeping generalization. But when you get in that practice of communicating what's on your mind and describing things, you'll end up with, I think, much better material 
that you can use for recording as long as you've been able to capture it. Daniel mentioned several things that we'll cover more in future episodes, but it's important to keep these things in mind during the planning stages. Have some sort of recorder ready and be prepared to capture anything that could be pertinent to the development of the story. Remember, if we're capturing something as it is happening, we don't quite know yet how it will end, so we don't necessarily know what parts will be needed or helpful to the narrative arc. If you take a look in Out on the Wire, the book written by Jessica Abel that we talked about last episode, some of the things that she wrote in there as she did interviews with people, they give insights on how to be able to foretell what the story is going to be out before it actually happens, and then learning how to be able to adapt the created story to the reality of what is actually happening. So you definitely want to check that out in her book. What do you think about having to earn the right to narrate? Does that even make sense to you? Elsie Escobar, who works at Lipson, shares some perspective from her own career in acting. In theater, a lot of the time, uh, at least when I was when I was studying theater, there were many times when we were doing a let's say we're doing a musical and you know, one of the things that we always got notes on from our directors or whatever, or one of my teachers, I can't really quote who was the one that said this, but he said to me, you know, you have to earn the right to sing. You have to earn the right to start singing the song right now. Um, and most of the time we always thought like, oh, well, the number's coming up. We have to just do that. And I feel there's times in some narrative podcasting where I have felt that the, I, I, they have not earned the right to insert that piece of music there. They have not earned the right to narrate over this portion because it seems more contrived and less as part of the storytelling, as part of furthering the the through line of the storytelling process. Elsie explains this further by sharing a story about a unique podcast. One of the newest ones that I've heard, and it's, and it's coming from somebody who is a complete and utter newbie to podcasting as it is, as it stands, um, and his only his only experience has been listening to This American Life. So that's like, you know, and then all of a sudden he's now put a podcast together. And and his the podcast is called The Art of Money. And it is not exactly what you would imagine. And in fact, it's, it's coming from the internet marketing world. Uh, his wife, uh, Barry, is, uh, uh, she is a, a financial coach, basically. She works with people's money troubles. People hire her to work through money issues. And, you know, she does all kinds of financial support. And she has a course that is called The Art of Money. That is a year-long course. She's been doing this for a long time. And they decided to do a podcast. And I thought, well, of course, they're going to do another one of those, you know, let's interview <laughs> an expert in the field. <laughs> and let's put that out. And um, they happened to reach out to me and, and wanted some advice on podcasting and stuff. In fact, I'm working with them now, but not in the production value, which was really great because then I was like, I'm going to listen to their show before we get on a call here to see what I can give. I was blown away because he he basically got, um, Barry has done hundreds of interviews already in the past. And he was able to curate a through line, a theme around money problems and bring all of that in while highlighting his wife's, his wife's ability to coach people through money and also key in on 
the emotional points of the, the money story where you, you kind of feel like you don't want to be listening to somebody talk about, you know, nobody talks about the emotions behind money and the money shame. Basically, it, it's about money shame. And the stories of what that means and when they were kids and all this stuff. And then, and then Forrest, who is the husband producer, he narrates above his wife's work here and there. And it's really lovely to hear that because you hear he knows her. You hear that they together are, there's a very specific reason why they created this podcast. And you can, when you hear it, you know that it's to sell this specific course. That's the reason behind this. But the the bottom line is that it really reaches out far and above that because it's sharing this information that both of them are so passionate about. A lot of the time what I've seen as a podcast producer as well is I will, you know, start talking with you about this stuff and I go, oh my God, that what I said was really awesome. <laughs> or I'm never going to forget that, you know, I'm never going to forget that. That was for episode number 30. That's when we had this conversation. It was so clear. I'm going to tell everybody to listen to this because this, and then, you know, sure enough, the next week, I have no idea what I said in the last episode. I don't know what that was about. And, and it, and it becomes like a, a constant forgetfulness. So I feel as producers, we need to keep that through line in the front first, that, that primary dialogue that we are having both with, within the podcast and with our audience. And also to make sure that you write the stuff down, to make the notes right away and to be very meticulous about that stuff with whatever that you're using, um, whether it's Google Docs or whether it's some kind of note-taking device in there. That, and you, for you to be clear that you know how to get back to this information. Because there's been also many times when I, I will say like really key insight at 12 seconds or whatever, you know, and then I'm like, what, what's the key, what's the key insight? Like write it down, take the time after whatever interview is at a, a, the initial, you know, Intel of, of whatever you have with the audio to make sure you, you write the stuff down after you're done to, to insert the time to process beyond moving on to the next thing because you will forget and the impact and it, it, you, you'll forget that impact that it had on you. You won't, you won't have the, the through line in your head as clearly as right when you finished with your, you know, interview with your recording, with your research, whatever that you're doing. This is a great point to remember throughout the entire process. If you get an idea, write it down before you forget Create and schedule a buffer time to process these ideas. This is something that I need to work on myself because there's a lot of times that I think I have it in my head and I'm never going to forget it, but then I do. And I keep telling myself that too, because I could be so brilliant in the moment, <laughs> but then like afterwards I'm like, oop, well that was lost because I cannot remember, I can't say that again. <laughs> You know, uh, the way that we got our, I guess, grades, because it wasn't really grades that we were doing, but our biggest projects were about creating our own shows. It was, you know, creating a one-woman show. It was about creating, you know, a piece together where we would come together and do something and collaborate with one another. So my experience from consuming 
an art form is from being able to look at things and sort of breaking them, you know, first to look at the entire story, you read the entire story or you decide what story you want to tell. Then you have to go look for the bits and pieces that you are going to be putting together. And then you have to start to put it somehow be able to, to piece them all, you know, one, this one is better at the beginning. This one goes better at the end. How am I going to make that transition happen? And there were many different times where we had to use every part of who we were to make those transitions. In fact, we had she goes on and explains several things that they had to do using different parts or not using certain parts of their body to be able to craft a story. The full clip can be found on the website at creativestudio.academy slash 404 as well as another story that she has. Now, though, she sums up the lesson that she learned. So that's what I think I learned the most from that is that there is a myriad of ways of being able to, to create story and narrative and that even though there are certain optimal ways to perhaps do things, sometimes trying the different thing is what's going to get you the results that you're looking for. There seem to be a lot of podcasting and narrative rules, but sometimes creativity can be bred in going outside the rules a little bit. Going outside the normal, accepted structure can bring interest in a way that couldn't be done before. You should definitely start with the established system, though, but then... That has to be part of your thing, and then, you know, you, you do it like this, and then you break the mold. Well, that's about all that we have for this episode of The Creative Studio. We are going to dive in to the next aspect, which is preparing. And so we talked about planning. We're going to kind of take that just a step further into preparing as we take the plans that we have and we take the next necessary steps to be able to make things happen. And so we're going to talk about that next week as we look at narrative podcasting. If you haven't already, I would really appreciate it if you went to iTunes and you left a rating and review for the podcast. I would greatly appreciate that feedback. And also that helps the podcast become more accessible to others. And I would love to reach as many people as possible with the message that is in this series. Create the uh, community of people that you want to tell this story to while you're actually writing the story. Let them come on the entire journey. You know, let them get an idea of what you're working on. That builds anticipation. And when you launch, you'll have that much bigger of an audience to share it with. We were purposeful not to be too promoty. <laughs> and we also would edit out if somebody, if, if, and most of our guests were fine about this. But if we had a guest that was like, in my business, da, 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 you know, a lot of times we would edit that out because, again, we did not want this to be a business podcast where it just sounds like everyone's pitching what they do. Um, we, you know, hey, Maybe if we had been, hey, I'm Jessica, I'm from interviewconnections.com. And like, maybe if we had talked more about our businesses, we would have seen more people visit our websites. But we just go back to the original goal and the purpose of this show was to produce a highly produced, high quality show that provides amazing value to podcasters and to people interested in podcasting. When you do that, you will attract people to you. People will be, you know, people will hear this and say, wow. You know, I love this show. Who is Jessica Rhodes? Who is Corey Coates? And they will seek us out. And I think that the people who really like the show and who don't know who we are, 
who come seek us out, they're going to be really quality leads. They're going to be people who are really interested in learning about us as opposed to just hearing my website on the air and, and going, oh, okay, that's who she is. So, um, but yeah, I mean, again, I just go back to, we didn't want to sound like we were doing this to promote ourselves. We really wanted this to sound like and be a show that that's goal was to provide amazing value, amazing content, and, um, and just to show, you know, kind of what Corey and I can do on a podcast. <laughs>